Now, you created Access Paranormal. It's a website for paranormal investigators to learn how to investigate. So there's a lot of people that have a general interest at first and they watch the paranormal TV shows or into horror as well. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, they want to kind of develop their skills a bit more and really get into it and actually look at cases themselves. And mm-hmm. that's where my website comes into it. Have you ever seen a ghost? I think I have. Some people, depending on what line of faith they are, will actually, the more uncomfortable they make someone physically, the more they think that's going to get the demon to leave. Oh. They'll rub salt sticks in between your fingers, they'll uh, dog poop um, everywhere, like literally just ways to make it awful. They'll they'll make you starve. they stick you in a, a bath of super cold water. Do you believe in possessions then? I think I've witnessed somebody who was taken over by something at one point. Oh my god. Yes. So we were in a we were in a tuberculosis hospital at the time. We've got uh, something called a REM pod, which is a radiating electromagnetic pod, and basically it's a round disc and it has an antenna at the top, and that is constantly radiating a field. So if someone goes near it or something, it will sound off. To be totally honest, we were at lunchtime and we were talking about this and we said, if she's mental, we can't put the episode out. So the episode's not going out. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. <laughs> Hello guys and welcome back to... I have to do my spooky intro, don't I? Please do. Hello and welcome back. Is that spooky? I'm terrified. (laughs) Welcome back. Halloween is soon upon us. And this is our first of two Halloween specials. Our Halloween special on Halloween day is going to be me, Stevie and Robbie. And who knows, we might might come in some fancy dress. Yep. We, we do call it Happy Halloween as well. Happy Halloween. But today is a real spooky one. A real scary one. One that I'm actually a little bit nervous by. Today in the Happy Hour studio, we have Beth Darlington, who is an exorcism expert and paranormal researcher. Beth, how are you? I'm fabulous. Hope you are well too. I was until I saw you, right? And I, and I mean that's that, not, not very nice. <laughs> I, mean that, I mean that in the most polite way possible because I'm a little bit worried about all of this kind of stuff. I actually, we're going to be talking about a film today as well, aren't we? Yes. Um, Pray for the Devil. I actually, I'll be honest, I only watched it in parts because I am shit 
scared of stuff like that. Fiona, my partner, she loves them. She loved the film. I was watching it through my hands, but she loved it all. So today we're going to delve into that. And I think what better place to start than our normal question. The Happy Hour Hall of Fame is a fictional place that we have that doesn't exist, but I wish it did. If you could put something into the Happy Hour, into the Happy Hour Hall of Fame that means something to you, what item would you choose and why? Can I pick two? Of course you can. Oh, excellent. Ooh, I thought there was a quantity thing. <laughs> I would pick a notebook and a voice recorder because that's all you need to investigate possible paranormal phenomena. Ah. Oh, so based on that, we could all do it yep. as well. Yeah, I haven't yeah. got a voice recorder. <laughs> <laughs> You've got one on your phone. Oh, does that count or not? Do you need a more high-end one? Can be one on your phone. Oh, I've got, I've got a phone. I've got notes on my on... phone as well. If you take a phone, yeah, yeah that's, that's everything covered. Yeah, but I like I like the old school. I like having a... Like, I, I always write my notes on my phone, but when I write them on a notepad, I feel like Neil Warnock or something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like a man at football manager. I like it. What was it? Yeah. What, yeah, I like that. That's a good, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm now starting to think, can I do this job? Something I was... <laughs> something I was Wait till we have our chat first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to learn a lot over the next hour and, hour and a half. Now, I introduced you there as exorcism expert and paranormal researcher. What the F does that mean? Well, I know, I know. Well, it's um, for, I've been involved in the paranormal field and uh, for about 15 years now. Mm-hmm. I started off here, actually, in the UK. I was living here for a couple of years. And I felt great, awesome. You know, there's all these great spooky locations and, you know, I, I really wanted to get into them. And, and sometimes, obviously, your fear will stop you going into a dark room. I mean, it's natural. That's what you're meant to do. But uh, you've got to push past it. And I kept thinking, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I do this? And I thought to myself, hang on, what happens if I get possessed? And that was one of my biggest fears. And I thought, I want to read and learn more about this particular topic to push past this fear. So I went back to Australia, uh, spent 10 years there thinking, oh, it was going to be the same. You know, um, the industry is quite small in Australia than compared it is here. So I thought it was going to be the same. I came back to Australia. It was like crickets, like tumbleweed. Another creepy crawly because we know what you have over there. That's right. Anything kills you. (laughs) (laughs) Just got to worry about the living, not the dead. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and so I I helped start the paranormal community over there, which is running quite well now. And then I thought, right, I've done what I needed to do. I'm going to pop back over to the other side of the world and keep going and and literally investigating cases in um, America, over here, in Australia. And yes, and that includes um, helping people out with information about um, being demonically possessed as well, and um, so I know it's just it's not it's not it's literally it's, it's kind of a funny thing at work sometimes. I'm sitting there and I'm like, what are you doing this weekend? I'm just talking about demonology, and, and, and again, it's just as quiet. And it's, it's, it's not something everyone's cup of tea, but right. I, I find it fascinating. I really do. Is there a chance that we? Are, are our chances of getting possessed higher now that we've hung around with you? No. <laughs> you're safe, boys. You're safe. It's all good. <laughs> you're putting a good word with the demons. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. all right. I'll have a word with the devil and he'll leave you alone. It's all great. Excellent. <laughs> now, you created Access Paranormal. What is that? It's a website for paranormal investigators to learn how to investigate. So there's a lot of people that have a general interest at first and they watch the paranormal TV shows or into horror as well. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, they want to kind of develop their skills a bit more, really get into it and actually look at cases themselves. And mm-hmm. that's where my website comes into it. So it's got all different free, different sort of software they can use, um, videos on different topics, um, methods, ideas, things like that. And then, yeah. I'm intrigued to learn because... Like I really, I'm mean, I'm quite ignorant to all this. Like I don't know much about it, and I didn't realise how sort of serious it is. Like it's your livelihood. You've been doing it for so long. Like, but to be completely honest, we're three quite sceptical people, right? Is is would you when you do this kind of work? Do you manage to 
do you manage to is, is your job to convince people or like how do you what do you think of skeptics i love them right okay <laughs> I love them. we're gonna get on then good yeah <laughs> I, I actually was one of the only uh, paranormal investigators in recent years to be invited as a panelist at the australian skeptics convention mm. yeah, there's a at, convention for skeptics there is a skeptics convention uh, yeah there's quite yeah. a lot of skeptic stuff going on yeah. there's oh, conventions yeah. for everything there's furries mate mm. Yeah. But, but you'll just hang out and go, well, that didn't happen. <laughs> Surely you just don't do it. But then conventions are like where like-minded people come and go, like, for example, you could go and probably football card conventions, yeah? I like football cards. Someone else will go, yeah, I like football cards. That's just a convention for people going, I don't believe in this. No, I don't so, believe in this. Yeah, but scepticism isn't just saying I don't believe in it. It's trying to sort of get evidence and find out about things. Oh, so then just... am I a sceptic then? Yeah, you could be a sceptic if you're sort of, if you think about things and then look for evidence, I guess, rather than right, it doesn't mean okay. you're going, this isn't real. It just means you've you've got a sceptical mind. Okay, yeah, I'm open-minded, but yeah, hopefully, we're, well, let's see where I am at the end of this podcast. <laughs> so so you you were speaking at this Skeptics Convention, Yeah, right? I was part of a panel discussion about paranormal topics, mm-hmm. and a lot of my friends in the community thought I needed to go in there with a bulletproof vest, because like, and go, and then like, you know, you're surrounded pretty much often with people that think that you fully believe, but don't realise that often a lot of paranormal investigators and researchers are actually quite level-headed. Oh, okay. A lot of us are. So, we, you know, we're op- you've got to be open-minded, but at the same time, it's not scientifically proven yet so you've got to always keep that in mind oh fair enough so you're not completely closed off to the fact that it might not exist yes Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's now, better, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> if she'd come in here and go, it's 100% real, we'd be like, oh, is it though? <laughs> so, I can stay. <laughs> you. What's this, um, Steve, you were telling me about this register thing? A national register for paranormal investigators. Yes. There's a register for it. Yes, there is. There is. It's because it's a volunteer kind of situation so there's not really anything there's not a license there's not a qualification for it so to have a register um for this particular well obviously here in the uk there's not one in anywhere else around the world it's actually really good to have a register to keep everything above board so how do you get onto the register you do a training course Oh, what kind of stuff are you doing in the training course? <laughs> it's it's um, learning how to look at cases. So it's it's looking at um, people. Talk, basically, a big part of it is witness interviewing. So a lot of it is getting information from people because obviously it's personal experiences. That's 90% of your job. Mm-hmm. 10% often is trying to figure out from a perspective of, uh, you know, was, was that bang uh, something from a temperature drop or temperature rising? Was um, the pi- pipes banging? Was it actually because? There's there's air in the pipes, you know, all that kind of stuff, like working out environmental conditions, right? And also having a, a basic sound knowledge of um, psychology as well. So I call it the inside job and the outside job, and you've got to figure out what's happening with those and marry those together and figure out for for someone what's going on in their home. So the inside job being within their mind. Yes, so, yes, uh, yeah. yeah, inside job. Yes, for so the audio ha- listeners. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> oh, what? Come see me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on on a kind of like day to day basis. So someone calls you up and they book you for a job. Mm-hmm. What what are you doing? So often it's um, they'll email about their experiences they're having. So either through the website or through um, the register as well. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm part of an organisation called the SPR, which is the Society of Psychical Research. And I'm part of one of the committees there as well. And then we kind of get together and we look at the information. Very rarely does it actually turn into a full-blown investigation. 
very rarely because a lot of it can be explained and a lot of it is people like we have new house syndrome which is actually a thing where you first move into a home you're not familiar with the sounds and you think oh my god it's haunted I have it's because you're still getting used to your environment so there's things like that that can be easily explained it's not worth pulling all this information together and then actually spending god months but sometimes even years to investigate a case that's not gonna be of anything I see. You don't so think about the new new house. I moved house a couple of months ago, and there's this proper annoying hum, but I've never gone. That's She's called her a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's funny though because when I moved into my house, I've told this story on the podcast. I woke up one day and I could hear this like rattling, and I was like, "That's quite scary." It was like early in the morning, but I'm a YouTuber. I wake up late anyway. But it was like. It was to say it was like eight in the morning. It was just like rattling. And I was like, didn't think anything of it. Went into my bathroom. And then there was like this orange glowing light at my bathroom window. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And then I opened my window. And my granddad, without telling me, had hired a JCB and was in my garden digging up the <laughs> So that is explainable. His granddad's been dead for years. It would have been awkward if I did call you and you came round and went, your granddad's in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> in the JCB. He's just trying to say hello, man. <laughs> so what, what, when, when you say people get in touch with different things, what sort of things are they saying? Is it unexplained noises? Is it... Often, often unexplained noises. Um, temperature drops is a big one. Um, hearing their voice, uh, hearing their uh, their name called by a voice, um, as a lot. But a lot of it is feelings. A lot of people, I feel like I'm being watched. I feel like um, something's trying to get a hold of me. A heap of them come from when people say they're seeing shadows at the corner of their eye. Oh. That's a that's probably for me from the cases I've dealt with. Probably the most common thing that people report when they feel their place is haunted. And is that a and is it explained thing or is that something that you would be like to investigate? Easily explainable. So it's again, it's, it's, it's like someone saying, I bumped my knee. Can you tell me what's wrong with it? It's like, well, there could be 60 different reasons why that knee sore. It could be some unexisting condition beforehand. It could be something else. Like doctors don't often just diagnose with just one thing. So it's a little bit like that. It's like there could be 50 different reasons why that person's seeing shadows on the corner of their eye. And what are the sort of things if someone comes to you, you're like, we need to look into this? That takes time. It's not something from straight away. Yeah. Obviously, it's very rare you get very active cases. And I, I hate that because, you know, yeah. sometimes you see all these shows sometimes on, t- on TV, like, oh, I wish it was like that, you know. And people are like, no, I would never live there. I'm like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy woman that I am. But it's, yeah, so it's very, very rare that you get very strong, active um, conditions. Often people sort of like, you know, categorise that as poltergeist, essentially. And then that's sometimes not really an, a haunting of the building it could be a haunting of the person, and then you're looking at something else again. Right. So this go on. I was going to say that's quite that's quite good to hear from a sceptical point of view because my brain pictures someone who does that job as just anyone calling and saying, "Ah, oh, there's noises," and straight away they're like, "Okay, I'm going to go earn some money and just tell them there's." Oh, don't worry, I've got rid of the ghost. You're good to go. Yeah. So it's quite nice to hear that you turn away most people and go, no, you're yeah. fine. You're not just turning out the kind of WD-40, do the <laughs> engine and go, there we go, I think you'll find that sorted. <laughs> or orbs, don't get me stolen. Yeah. <laughs> What's your opinion on, because in this, this was something we were going to touch on later, but I feel like it's taken a natural progression there. Um, what's your opinion on, in this line of work, there are going to be charlatans, aren't there? And there are going to be people that are out just to, just to, to make a quick buck. Like, for example, I made a video on my YouTube channel about a year ago where I, I, I called up 
psychic mediums on the phone and I asked them to get in contact with my dead nan, Norma Rose, who's not dead and in fact never existed. And they told me a whole spiel about her for like 15 quid a minute and stuff like that. What's your opinion on people like that? Um, they definitely do exist and they do actually uh, involve themselves within the paranormal community as well because they'll want to come in and actually help out with a haunting of a particular location. And uh, they actually, it's kind of like an excuse for them to do what we call a platform read. So essentially, you know, someone going, I'm detecting, I, can, I think you've had a father, you know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <like>, really? John, James, Dave, Terry. Absolutely. And they just, because it's, it's a way for them to feel important. You know, some people yeah. just f are needing a little bit more help when it comes to self-esteem and they sometimes find this is a way to do it. So they'll want to feel important because people will hang on to the word of a psychic when they wander in like, oh, do you feel a spirit in that corner? Yes, I do. And they, they're angry at you. Oh, why would they angry? And everyone's focused on that person. So we, from that perspective in the paranormal community, we do get people that I call them wannabe mediums. So, right. And they actually don't have a shred of any type of ability. So, we, yeah, it is definitely possible. And then on the other side of the coin, like the, these, are, these are people that are trying to get into your line of work and perhaps doing it for the wrong reasons. What do you think of people that kind of like people like Darren Brown, who like kind of, he kind of like sort of poo-poos it about in a bit. Do you know what I mean? Like he rubbishes it a bit and he shows you the inside. Do, do you think it's important to have people like him? Absolutely. Absolutely. I literally only a couple of months ago finished a book called Psychic Mafia. Really good, good name. Book. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> I yeah, want to read it. <laughs> and that basically tells you what it's this network of mediums all around uh, the US at the time that uh, collected information from regular people that went to spirit spiritual churches. And so they had all this information before they would do a sitting and a reading with them. Oh, right. Yeah. And so, and they met, oh my gosh, and they donate all this money to this church. It just kept going and he exposes it all. So yeah, fascinating book. How would someone who's listening, say that, say we do have a listener right now who's thinking something's going on. How would they differentiate between someone who's actually doing this job and someone who's just trying to make a quick buck? Find out what what learning they've had. I can't say qualifications, but what learning. So have they uh, been to any courses? What courses were they? So again, there's there's a lot of misinformation. Like I, I did a, a, an online course for 10 minutes and now I'm a paranormal investigator. And there, was, mm. there are some that actually say they're certified. You cannot actually certify as a paranormal investigator. It's a term that we, you, you, know, you call yourself essentially. So it's literally finding out where they've got their learning from, how many years of experience and not just not like an interest You've got to have active experience, not just like, you know, I've, I've did, I've worked on maybe three cases in the last year. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like it's, that's the best thing is finding out how much experience they actually do. And not a lot of groups or teams will tell you. So that's why it's always good to have other, well, my website, I list everything. I'm like, this is, this is, I know my shears. So yeah. this is why. So that's where my backing comes from. So that's the best way. Is that what this national registers for then? Is that to help people go? Right, Beth's on this list. She must be decent at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. She's been verified by an organisation that carry out their own training when it comes to investigating paranormal phenomena. So yeah, that definitely helps. Oh, the fascinating There's stuff. People though. investigating the investigators. <laughs> exactly. Okay, like a Russian doll of investigators. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Now, how did you get into this? Because this is a very unusual job. It's got to be said. Did did something paranormal happen to you when you were growing up? Yes, it did. I was, uh, my dad had a house in York, which is in Western Australia. And it's about an hour's drive from Perth, from the, from the main city of Western Australia. And I loved old houses. And so at one point, my sister and I were asleep and we heard a loud bang. And I thought, oh, it's probably one of the 
uh, pictures had fallen off the wall or something like that, something fairly explainable, rolled over, went to sleep. And then we woke up in the morning, we went down to the kitchen and said, oh, Dad, you know, um, pictures fallen off the wall. He goes, there's no pictures anywhere. You know, there's nothing upstairs at all. So, but we heard a loud bang because we've just had the walls painted. There's no, nothing, we're waiting for it to dry. He goes, why did you think that? I said, well, didn't you hear it? It was a big house. They turned it into a bed and breakfast and it was eight bedrooms. So he's right at the other end, so we couldn't hear it. But right. we definitely heard it and it woke us up. And I remember thinking to myself, I wish I'd went back and, you know, had a look around and, and see if I could try and debunk it or anything like that. But obviously, you know, I was 16 years old and thinking, oh, geez, what was going on there? And I think a lot of people who have experiences can sometimes actually just already be interested in it anyway. And I think I've always had an interest in why or how people will know information about other people and how objects can possibly move on their own. I always find those two parts of any haunting case fascinating. Did you Do you have any theories of what that could have been? Oh, I can't because it's been. It wasn't that long ago, but it was a long ago. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So, so you were sixteen before this. Did you believe in the paranormal side of things? Did you yeah. believe in ghosts? And I believed in the possibility of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I had a couple of friends while I was growing up that were very intuitive, very intuitive. They'd pick up a piece of paper about someone's a particular illness, and they'll be able to who and doesn't um, may not understand what it means, but tell what what the symptoms of that would actually be. Like little things like that was really fascinating, yeah. Sorry, what was that? Can you delve yeah. into that a bit more? What? Yeah. yeah, so a friend of mine, back around that time of growing up in school, uh, she picked up. She would pick up a piece of paper, and if it's a, di- a particular illness, which I would have never, like obviously the medical top medical term of that. Right, then really one, long words that we don't understand. Absolutely, goes yeah. over yeah. your head. Like how a cold is like influenza or something yeah. like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And she would go, "Oh, this person felt this. They were felt really sick. Um, this is something to do with um, cancer. That this is blah blah blah. They, I can feel them getting weaker." And then she would go through all that, and then you look at the symptoms and like, "It's exactly that. How did you, you know, understand that?" So it's, you know, yeah, little. Things like that. I think it was quite interesting seeing somebody uh, witness that while growing up, and I think that kind of you know, piqued my curiosity. Were your parents like doctors or anything like that, or super skeptical? <laughs> Both journalists. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow, wow. So what did what did they think when you first told them that you were going into this line of work? <laughs> Dad was embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're going around chasing ghosts. I'm like, Dad, it doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> so he was embarrassed at first. Very. Uh, and, and now what are there? Oh, he loves it. He thinks it's great. Really? Because he knows that I have a very rational mind about it and I am open to possibilities and also looking at different parts of science to actually help explain the explainable. So That's something that's striking me pretty early on in this podcast, how open-minded you are to the possibility of it not being real as, yeah. well, as well. Like we said early on, we thought you would come and tell us that this is real and this is real. A hard question, really, but what's your, where are you on a kind of scale of belief, of what you believe? Like, is there, would you, for example, would you sit here and go, right, demon's real, witch is not real? Like, d- does that make sense? Yeah. It's a convoluted question, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think for me, it sways. So there's the believer camp and there's the skeptical camp. So one side's believer, one side's skeptical. I think it's good to be a healthy shade of grey in the middle and you will sway from experiences, from cases that you come across, I think it's, and it, I mean, for me, for for demons, because I've never actually tended a demonic um, possession of uh, an exorcism, I can't actually give a full yes or no on that. So I am still open to that. I'm not allowed to because I'm not of Christian or Catholic faith, so I'm considered at risk. Mm-hmm. So. Um, from that perspective, I'm, the jury's still out for that. That's why I love this movie. I just love this movie. And um, because some of them you can watch and you just like eye roll, but this one's really good. So um, 
Yeah, so I, I think it just it sways. It sways from uh, from from either side. Right, because because this movie, Pray for the Devil, yes. it's it's about the first female exorcist in the Vatican. Yes, right. Why? were females that that doesn't seem like something you know like back in the day when people are like really close-minded they're like females can't be builders or something like that right obviously now in 2022 we know they can right that doesn't even seem like something that women weren't even supposed to be able to do do you know what i mean like what any like not anyone but like why would that be gender specific yeah it comes down to the roman catholic church and priests so priests were the only ones that could actually do uh, can conduct an exorcism and of course females uh, at the moment still are not allowed to be priests so they're not allowed to do it so except for saint catherine of sien right and then 700 years ago and she was like such a rebel, such a rebel woman, but her devotion and her faith was so strong. Um, they just said, you know, they kind of gave her a bit of a free pass to say, all right, then off you go, go do it. And she, she was really into it to the point where she didn't want to get married. She, she's like, it's God or no one. She would, and back in the day, obviously women had to get married, you know, very early. Um, so she would cut her hair to make sure she didn't have nice long hair. She loved it when she got the chicken pox because then she looked even more ugly. Like this is how she this is how she just didn't want anything to do with marriage. She just wanted to be devoted to God and and I think they obviously had seen her devotion and thought, well, you know, she's obviously doing good. We want to bring that along and keep it going. So this film is based on the true story of Oh, well, no, it's, this, it's that's, or... that was the last the only female exorcist that we know of. So the the movie goes into a new individual in 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 present times and what that looks like it, obviously as we know we're a lot more open minded nowadays yeah. mm. and how that would re- represent having a female actually show promise where she's uh, she normally people say they have a calling to mm. do this but for her she's actually being called by the devil himself. So that's, and I love that twist. Oh, so good. <laughs> now, the film is out on October the 28th. Mm. You mentioned some sort of ghostly films there will make you eye roll and tut. What's different about this film? I loved the representation of the different characteristics of um, someone going under demonic possession. Um, they, they, they had that quite well and quite... Um, accurate. There was mm-hmm. one that I thought, oh, maybe not, but the rest of it was really, really good. Um, I also like the pace of it. I like the way that they uh, went into each of the subjects as well. And also where they broached the fact of having a female wanting to do this in the Roman Catholic Church. That's a delicate story right there. So they, they actually approached that really well. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Do, do you do you find those, because uh, like I said, I, I, I shit myself. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> Did you um, change your underwear? <laughs> Do, do you find those films scary? Because when we listen to podcasts, we always think about how it was made and stuff like that. You're on the other side of the curtain, so to speak. So do you find it scary? If I, if I had watched this movie 15 years ago, I wouldn't sleep for six weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's why I'm knackered today. Yeah. <laughs> but now I watch it with more of an understanding and, and the fact that it is extremely rare to have anything like that happen. Okay. You're going to go watch it? Yeah, I should have sent you the. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why you didn't. That's why I was a bit like, I sent it to him today. I was like, how how has Fiona watched it? And he went, well, they sent me a link, and I went, that would have been handy. Yeah, would have been handy for me to have. It's it's crazy to think that like they allowed this seven hundred years ago, and then since then they've gone. Well, no, yeah. only her. Like, yeah. That seems strange that they have that wasn't like the start of a movement to mm. allow more. Mm. Are there many female exorcists now? Not through the Roman Catholic Church, but through Protestants, there are. Not a lot, but there are, because in the Protestant and um, Church of England faith, females can be priests. So in that sense, they can actually um, roll out and uh, conduct 
exorcisms, but they call it deliverance. So in can all priests be do exorcisms that or, or, or some religious figures? For example, like if if I had something going on, could I go to my local church and get someone to come and do an exorcism, or is it a specialism that people go into? It's a specialism, it's, and it's got to be granted by the, the top dude, so he's got to give the... the, the is that a technical term? <laughs> technical term. Oh, no, we're all about technical yeah. here. So, yeah, he's got, he's got to give the nod for right. that particular person. They've got to show that they've got they've had training, they've been trained, they can't just throw them in there. They've got to sit with and and uh, with, with the person that's actually conducting the exorcism. They've got to sit there and, and basically, basically earn their hours, essentially. And are exorcisms only within religious... Settings. Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. With um, you said that you'd never be allowed because you're not a part of these. Are you? Do you have any sort sort of faith or religion? No, because I think we've spoken about this on the podcast before. Where I think the reason we're skeptical is because we don't have any form of like religion, like religious thoughts or faith in us. And my brain ties ghosts and paranormal activity with the thought of there being an afterlife and more to happen. Mm. And I don't have any of that. So I I really struggle at the thought that there could be anything else mm. because to me it's just a religious thing. Yeah. Mm. So it's quite unusual that you then still go down that route but you won't believe in mm. the religious side of yeah. it. Yeah. So do you believe in an afterlife? I believe in the possibility of one. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm open-minded to it. I'm not going to close off because <clears throat> to me to be the best investigator, I'm not going to I'm going to limit my bias as much as I can. Okay then. So so what's can you give us like an example of something you've investigated that has pushed you the furthest to your belief? To like this is almost as much confirmation as I'm ever going to get. I've been involved in a couple of um, filming uh, of haunted locations in Australia quite a bit actually, which is really good fun. Mm-hmm. But there was one time when we were doing a scene, and normally just before we film, we say, "Right, everybody who's here stays, and everybody who goes goes." So we started filming. It's all dark. And then, because uh, two people had left and said, no, we're going to go and sit in the green room. So they'd left. So we started. Everything was, you know, going off and kicking off. And then I saw both of them back. And I thought, that's not right, mate. You can't do that. This is in the middle of the scene. Like, we're, we're getting activity going on. We, you know, all this kind of stuff. What are you doing? And I, I shone my to- torch on their um, shoes to double check that I knew who it was because I don't want to have the torch up because it would ruin the, the filming. So my, my torch was shone on their shoes. And I switched it off and I thought, I can't say anything because then it's going to be picked up by mics. So we waited for the scene to finish and then um, I turned my turned around to have a look and they were gone. I thought, hmm, geez, well, at least they were quiet. Mm-hmm. And then we went back to, to the green room and we said, guys, what were you doing? And they said, what do you mean? We've been here the whole time. I said, what do you mean? I saw you. And other people, there's another five other people that saw them as well and was quite annoyed. They said, we know the rules. We've been doing this for years with you. Why would we do that? I said, I saw, I put the torch, I saw your shoes. I just, they, we were not there. So to me, that may be a possibility of what they call a doppelganger. And so, um, and apparently that's like a foreboding thing. So to me, that, that was one of those times I thought, I don't know what's going on. And I know they're not you know, taking the piss, literally. Mm. That was definitely, I know what I saw and other people saw it as well. So I had witness collaboration, but that they swore that, that they were not there. They said, we were here the whole time. And I thought, there's something going on here I don't know about. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about this doppelganger thing. What 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 is that? It's a, it's a, a thing where um you there's a there's a twin of everybody in the world. But with a doppelganger, there's a, a, a foreboding about it. So in other words, something negative is going to happen to the person that it takes. It could also be what they call a shapeshifter. Mm. So it's a negative energy that uh, forms into a particular person and then obviously can shape itself into anything. So, yeah. There's some truth behind that, Ravi, because Joe Wilkinson 
He looks like me, yeah. <laughs> comedian looks like me. I don't think he's a shapeshifter. <laughs> I don't know, though. I've never met him. Which one of out of you two would be the evil one? Um, I don't feel that evil. I don't think he seems that evil either. Does there have to be an evil one? I don't think anyone mentioned an evil one. I don't know. You said that they they take the shape if something bad's going to happen. Yeah. So I guess they could be perceived as like... like if I, if I now leave here today and I see a me, I'm going to know I'm the good me. So these avoid that bloke on TikTok, man. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. There's a bloke. <laughs> He's talking about snapshot. Eye. Yeah. There's a bloke. Fiona, get this up quickly, please. Right. So Fiona's got got the got the screen up. Beth, does this man look like me or not? And I will not take any offense at it. Right. Are you getting a professional opinion yeah. of whether or not does he look like me, Beth? <laughs> he does. Oh! Oh! And she's on the register, so she knows. <laughs> yes, That's funny, because he should probably be on the note. <laughs> Let's get Robbie's one up. Get Joe Wilkinson up. Oh, yes. yeah. That yeah, that is... Oh, I, yeah. I accept that completely, yeah. yeah. Particularly when I have a beard. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. So he's, he's the evil one of you, so then. he's your doppelganger. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Has Stevie got one? No. No, I think you look like Karen Benzema. <laughs> yeah, when I had my head shaved. Yeah, yeah, he's had a hair transplant. So, yeah. Stop telling people. <laughs> I, I, I think this, Fabulous job. Yeah, it is Thank a good you. job. I think this is who Stevie looks like, but obviously without hair. So, bit, bit, I don't know why we're boring you with this. <laughs> <best>. <laughs> We've got a paranormal yes. expert in. And we're going, does he look like this comedian, yeah. footballer, or weird guy on TikTok? <laughs> our, para, our paranormal just look alike. <laughs> so, so this, I'm, I'm fascinated by this doppelganger thing, as you can tell by the weird sort of Google searches. So, so dumb it down for me even more. If if I was to leave here and I genuinely believe I saw my version of a version of myself mm -hmm. what would the general as somebody who would believe this what are they thinking they're thinking or what are you thinking as somebody who's knowledgeable in this I don't know what my question is but <laughs> <laughs> in other words if you've seen one other words, you usually need to run is that what it is yeah is yeah. it yeah how should I approach it if I if I if that if I think that's happened they will never talk right that's what I've been told they actually never speak so there's only if you see another you and it, and you talk to it and it's just blank and then walks off doppelganger but I, if it talks back it's called a twin flame i met oh. i was in croatia once and i saw a croatian version of a mate Al. <laughs> but this guy spoke but he spoke a different language i don't understand does that count or is that still <laughs> is that just a different language, it's just different language. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> and if i have a doppelganger and i die does that die as well yes because it feeds off your energy Right. And when you say fee, <laughs> there's so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> when you say feeds off my energy, is that a physical, are they eating some atoms off me or? Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I knew for that was easy, that was that easy. Um, it's actually just the, your, your energy, your aura, your, your inner, it's, you know, a lot of people in the spiritual community know it's like, it's like um, your solar plex, like they feed off um, the energy of you. So What's an aura? Good question. Mm. Um, it's a colourful thing that lights up around you. No, it's, it's <laughs> not just that. It's um, again, it gets your energy field, and a lot of um, if you go to one of those uh, spiritual um, conventions and expos, which they have as well, because we've got to have a convention for that. Um, <laughs> it's you know, uh, it, they have um, particular cameras that can actually take a photo of your actual aura at the time, so you can actually have aura photos as well. So, but it's literally just the energy from you, from spiritual energy 
uh, from that particular person. How does a camera see that? I'm not sure about the ins and outs of that one, though. So I'm not sure mm. how the, the technology works with how they can sort of say it, they're picking is up. Is that like when, like, you see a pregnant woman and you're, like, you're glowing? <laughs> <laughs> is that their aura? <laughs> because exactly. they're, they're happy. They're fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so is an aura a scientifically proven thing or is that um, like a paranormal there, idea? There is some research to suggest that we do give out an energy field. Right. Um, and Or a very, very low bio-EMF. Okay. Um, and that's why sometimes if you'll ever watch one of the paranormal shows, they'll have these gadgets that detect EMF. We did that- a go- we did a ghost hunt once, oh, yeah. and cool. they and they had they had one of those readers, and it was mm. it was pinging off. Yes. pretty mad, yeah. And that's the on the theory that once you die, it's the law of thermodynamics, the second law, which says once you die, energy doesn't die; it changes form. So where does it go? So if you've got if you've had bio EMF as you're alive. Then when you die, where's you know detector's going to pick it up? So that's the idea behind it. Okay, and if, and, and go on. So if Jack's got a thing eating his aura, <laughs> I'm getting the words wrong here. Jack's got like Perfect a, a one of the things eating his aura. Does that have an effect on him? Like as it is, he like oh I'm a bit oh, I drained up. I don't feel quite right. You feel drained. You feel, you feel very drained. drained. Yeah. Now, Beth, so if you l- kill that bloke who looks like you on TikTok, <laughs> you'll feel better. <laughs> Snapshot eye, I'm coming yeah. for you. <laughs> like, yeah, so see, I'm scared now because last night, or last two nights, I've really struggled to sleep. Something's having a little nibble of my aura. <laughs> yeah, I think it was just the hotel. Yeah, yeah it, it, I it think that hotel, hotel nibbled my aura. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that mattress was pretty tough, wasn't it? It was really thin. Yeah. Why are we talking about this <laughs> again? My, my window didn't shut. There was a little screw. You had to, you had to literally, they drilled a hole. The window was open. I had to pull it shut with my little finger under it. And then there's a little screw and a, oh, it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the difference between an aura and an orb? Oh my word. So orbs are light like it's an, an again it's a, it's its own energy source. So an aura it comes direct from the person. Apparently you can see it and feel it for people that are very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um but for auras, uh, sorry for orbs, they are actually their own energy in uh, in a sphere. But for me, um I I struggle quite a lot with people saying they're a spirit orbs because um uh, a lot of people, when they feel that they have spirit orbs in their home or place of work, they take a photo. Often it's dust and it's moisture. Oh. So, and that's one of the biggest banes of any paranormal investigator. You'll get photos on a weekly basis where people are going, oh, you know, I think there's something in my home. I've took a picture and there's this orb in it. It's like, yeah, that's because there was a piece of dust about this far away, you know, 15, 15 centimetres away from the lens of your camera. Oh, it's a good camera. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah exactly. But, oh, it's just yeah. a nightmare. I've seen photos like that before where they're like, oh, yeah, but if you look at all these photos, the orbs in all of them, but it's moving. Yes. Oh, yeah, the, the moving ones are funny ones because they're like, oh, look, it's moving. It's because airflow. <laughs> I, when I was younger, I thought I saw an orb in the woods and then I didn't want to go over there. It was like this big white, like, like glowing thing almost. Yeah. I went back, it was just a big rock. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's interesting. And yet there is natural phenomena there. People say they see orbs in the Australian bush. And like, well, that would be one place you think that has to be maybe a, a legit reason or a possible case for something. But it's not because there's certain gases at uh, certain times with the with the way the earth moves, it actually let, it lights up. <laughs> oh, so, right. Yeah. And people think with fireflies as well in, in America, that, you know, people, oh, I saw this light and it was moving around. Like, yeah, but it was, it was fireflies. It's fly-fly season, you know, things yeah. like that. So it's just being aware of your environment but yeah orbs are a big bane of contention for me what what why if you saw a image um of like an orb or an aura or something slightly paranormal are you 
Can you debunk them quite easily? Yes, very much so. Very much so, because you can see whether or not there's mould anywhere. There's more likely moisture. Are you outside? Is it a windy day? It doesn't even have to be a windy day. Did someone slightly move? And, and of course, something was stirred up as far as dust. Dust is another one as well. Right. So, yeah, it definitely can. I know a few girls on Facebook are into crystals and stuff. Are crystals a thing? Oh, uh, there are some people who choose to investigate the paranormal using crystals for um, divination to see if they can speak to a, a, a particular What's the theory stage? behind the crystals? Sorry, what, how, what, how do they work? What's well, the... because they're from the earth. And right. so they have their own energy field. So they'll be able to, um, the spirit's able to move them. Um, and particularly in the pendulum, a lot of that um, over the, gosh, the last 150 years, I think people have been doing that. So yeah, they tend to, that's that's the reason why they use crystals as a way to try and, you know, find out for spirits around. What do you think of that? A load of baloney. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something else, but I think it's not. That was, that was the impression I got from Facebook. Yeah. Sometimes, because Fiona's the, like the producer, she's listening to this. Sometimes she'll she'll have when she's super interested. Like I know she was super interested in this one. She'll put up questions on the screen to ask, and just then I saw her type, "Have you ever used?" Cr-? And then when you said load of baloney, she just deleted it all. <laughs> <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Skinny Pop Popcorn. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Oh, so light and crunchy. Skinny Pop Original Popcorn is the snack you've been searching for. Made with just three simple ingredients, popcorn kernels, sunflower oil, and salt. Snacking never felt or tasted so good. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious. Give yourself permission to snack and pick up Skinny Pop Original Popcorn today. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. I just want to quickly go back to you. You mentioned that you've been on sets before where you've been filming and obviously we got into this doppelganger chat. Mm -hmm. But just going back to that, why is it that whenever we see these TV shows, something always happens? Like, I feel like surely it can't always happen. Like, it's got to be fake. I would love to see, like, Britain's Most Haunted or whatever, where Derek Akora was on there and he and he just went, well, fuck all's happened here. See you next week. <laughs> that's like, got uh, to happen, yeah. surely. Yeah, that's but, exactly right. But you know what? I, when we did that, we went to that Harwich Fort and we did, a, we did this sort of um, thing. That did make me a bit more accepting of it because... Nothing happened. Yeah. Like it was a bit sh- shit, yeah. wasn't it? it was yeah. a bit shit. Nothing really happened. I thought, well, if you were going to make this up on a sort of quite big YouTube video, mm. you'd, you'd make something happen. You'd fake <laughs> you know something. I mean? You'd fake yeah. something. Yeah. You, yeah. You, would, you would just go, oh, yeah, not much there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Does that give your kind of industry a bad name, that yeah. these kind of shows, does yeah, it? Yeah, because people, if they go to events like Ghost um, uh, tours and, and walk, not necessarily walking tours, but paranormal investigations, public ones, paid ones, they expect something to happen because they've seen it on TV. Right. And so, and I used to run quite a few of them. And, and the first thing we say is like, we cannot guarantee something's going to happen. No, we're not going to take your money and run, you know, but it's, it's spontaneous phenomena. I can't tell when it's going to happen. Mm. And it's sometimes, if you've got a really good group of people, some things might actually happen. I sometimes think it's really down sometimes to the group dyna- dynamic, essentially. Oh, really? 
Have you been on a show before where they've expected you to go along with something where you've gone, well, no, I can't because it's just not happening? Thankfully, no, because I, I vet the people that are creating these particular programs pretty well because I will not don't go down that path. I would rather sit in the dark for two hours and nothing happen. Just go, well, you know, that's just the way it is than to sit there and try and fake stuff. And I know of people who have done that. And it's just, again, like you mentioned, it just puts the community in a bad name. Is it awkward for you when they come on these tours and then nothing happens? You've got to go, well, see you later. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> but the thing is that we always have a backup as well. So yeah. well, we, we talk a little bit about what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk about a bit of the equipment, why we use it. Um, we talk about uh, different areas. We try different what they call experiments. So we'll send somebody to the other end of the room and we'll ask them to uh, ask a few questions. We'll have a device <sighs> on the ground on the other side and see if that responds. Okay. Or put someone alone in his place and, and lock the door and then give them five minutes and see if they freak out. We did that one. We did that one with you, <laughs> didn't we? I was, all, I was all right. It was so funny, right? I've got to tell. I've got to tell you this one. So I can't remember the lad's name who did it, but no, he was a lovely person. We just didn't believe it, and we thought it was one of those ones where they were kind of trying to make stuff happen, right? Like for example, like I rocked. There was a boat in the, like an old rowing boat, and I rocked it, and he said like, "Oh yeah, that's that's this, that, and the other." When I was literally doing it, like so, it's one of these typical ones um there was a noise you know a noise again definitely wind yeah 100 wind yeah 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 um and then there was one bit right which was really good robbie didn't tell us tell us that he was doing this but he, he brought some fake blood with him and then he had to go in the room on his own he was in this no we were all with like an you. old army bed yeah everyone was in the room yeah we're all together and we old army bed and robbie had to lay down in this bed where these fallen soldiers had, had died and um we we were uh we had those sticks that cross over you know those magnetic oh, um dancing rods yeah we yeah. Had those, and we were all looking at these rods. And Robbie played it perfectly. He put these this blood all on his mouth coming out, and we didn't see it. And I didn't know it was going to happen. He didn't even tell us. And then when we looked back at first, for a second, I was like, "Oh God, that's made me jump." But the guy who had put on the show screamed and screamed and screamed and I was thinking this is your job you're supposed to see stuff like this yeah but to be fair you probably don't see people bleeding for the mouth you've got to be murdered by a ghost that's fantastic oh I'm taking that, I'm taking that I wish I'd kept but I didn't I didn't want to upset anyone I didn't want to seem disrespectful to what he was doing mm. too much I mean I wasn't, wasn't yeah. so, so I stopped I, I wish I'd carried on for a little bit longer just like yeah, yeah. Uh, when you've done these these tours and stuff and as you say um, stuff doesn't always happen if something does happen that's unexplainable, because you've been in the game for so long, are you are you like that guy? Will you shriek or will you, are you calm and composed? And- calm and composed, yeah. You do not, that's the last thing you want to do when you've got people <laughs> around you. Because if they, you know, like you said, if he's screaming and ranting and running off, yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> what's the best thing that's ever happened on one of these tours? Like what's got the best reaction where you thought, actually, I'm happy with this one. These these lot are going to leave happy. Um, we've had uh, our fingers on the table. We're doing a, like a Victorian seance. And you have your fingers tips on the table and you could hear it tapping like someone's fingernail in the middle. And it was tapping in response to questions that we were um, asking it, two for yes, one for no. And we had the tor- uh, torch on and we had light. It was full light. And yet it was tapping in the middle in time and it was con- consistent as well. So that was that was probably the best. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Okay, we're going to yeah. get re- repeat business here. But <laughs> How hard is it to set up a seance? Not very hard at all. What, what is I a seance? It's what? a round table. Yeah. We've got a round yeah, table. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Can we do one? We can, we can try. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm too scared. Though. I like how you're going. I'm a skeptic, but I will not talk to ghosts. Yeah. yeah, but like I've said this before, right? Like if, if, like we, we've had this debate on on God before. Like I, I consider myself to be an atheist. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I, and and 
if ever, like touch wood, something bad happened to me, I'm probably in my head going to send a little prayer, right? Mm. Because I think, I don't believe in it. Yeah. Like, and But if there is a 0.001% chance that doing that is going to help, I'm just going to do it because it's not hard to do that. Yeah. So on the 0.001% chance that their demons are real... I don't want to fuck with them. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. but you're not you're not you're not going to mess with them, are you? The thing I worry about with the prayers is if I get the wrong god. Do you know what I mean? And he, this this god was going to oh he's a nice guy. I'm going to save him. Oh, he's gone with the other one, is he? That'll <laughs> <laughs> make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if I have a heart attack at a Millwall game, they're going to see me in a West Ham yeah. and we're going to leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, why do ghosts seemingly like communicate through tapping and stuff like that? That's the big, big question. Like often you think if you had passed over, you would come turn up in your apparitional form and have a good old conversation for about maybe 10, 15 minutes. Go, right, I'm, I'm, this, this is a bit heavy over here. I'm, I'm, I'm heading back over. Yeah. If only it works like that. I, I think because, they, again, people have said it's the energy of uh, when you pass over, it's very different. And apparently the mediums I've spoken to, trying to talk to somebody on the other side is a very difficult thing. It's very complex and apparently being on, on this plane is very dense. I thought, mm, gravity, but anyway, no. <laughs> but that's what I've been told. Again, I'm about as psychic as the chair I'm sitting on. So all the, the information I know about what it's like to try and communicate and why there is just tapping or rapping or knocking instead of just saying, yo, what's up? Um, yeah, that's that's the information I've, I've been told as to why. So do you believe in mediums, that mediums can speak mm, to the other side? I think there's only probably only been one person I thought mm, there's a 50-50 chance she might have an ability. Right. Really? Yeah, it's because it's it's so hit and miss. Yeah. So some mediums I work with on cases or well not a lot and actually work with them on cases but on public events um they can be very good one one sort of shift or one night and then the next nothing or they'll pick up something and then someone goes no I thought it was a male spirit no I, I feel a female spirit and I'm like make up your mind you know yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's a little it's so hard to verify a lot of the information that comes through I want dates I want times I want names I want all this kind of stuff and I want to go back through hysterical his, hysterical records and verify it but you know a lot of it's like oh they died of a chest pain in the chest well geez that's like half the population you know would you describe yourself as a skeptic yeah I do tend to lean towards that but again there's things I've experienced where you know the jury's still out and I love it it's fascinating so this 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 is um, one amazing psychic that you speak about. What did she do that was that, that was different? Was it just getting things bang on like consistently? Yeah, she was helping in a case where there was a missing. Uh, so I've actually helped uh, with cases where there's been um, bodies that haven't been found. Right. And so they bring in a medium to come in and help out. And that was part of a, a program called Intenebris, I think is the connection, uh, pronunciation, which means in darkness in Latin. And so we were looking at the dark aspect of what happens when someone's murdered and their spirit's not able to move on. And part of that was actually um, having this particular medium come in and she was able to talk about where the remains were. Now, the, the police had, had gone all up and down this river in, in the bush out back in Australia. And they said they couldn't find anything. She said, no, there's a part of her that's here. I know it. I can feel it. Now, there's no way she would know. It was a very high profile Unless case. she was the killer. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. And I never saw her again. No. <laughs> and uh, so she, uh, and sure enough that we can, we actually sp uh, spoke to the police the next day. They were very, obviously they have to be very blasé about it all and very sort of sit back in it. And so like, well, that's information you've come across. We'll, we'll, we'll take that on board and put it in our file and probably close it and let it. Yeah. Rot. But they actually did do something about it. And they did find the fact there was a femur bone. 
in that part of the thing. So that must have put her at the top of the suspects list, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, no, no, because if the crime happened uh, over ten years ago, literally to the day that we actually went, because uh, we purposely went to the ten year anniversary of the crime actually being committed. So there's no DNA; it's all been washed away. So yeah. she was safe. But <laughs> wow, yeah. So from that perspective, I thought that is pretty good because they've gone through all that. And normally mediums go, "No, well, if it's not here, it's going to be somewhere else." She's like, "No, they've missed a spot. There's a there's that area right there." And it's good, yeah, isn't it? It's good. That's to me where I thought. Mm. Totally scared. <laughs> so how, yeah. how come that only took you to 50 50? How come that wasn't enough for you to go, well, she obviously. Yeah, because it's... that's the only time it's happened. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. To me, I want consistent results. I'm a fussy one. <laughs> yeah. She's actually been to about a thousand, and that's the first time she's gone, it's there. Yeah. Every other time, <laughs> nothing. That's exactly right. It's like, I've got lotto numbers. I want, you know, anyway, <laughs> come on, you want to be my friend. <laughs> what, when, when you're on these ghost hunt tours and stuff like that, can you talk us through some of the equipment you use? Because we spoke about the rods there, and you spoke about the EMF? Yes, EMF yeah. detector. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 go go through a list if you don't mind and tell us yeah. some of the bits. It's all fun and whizzy stuff that lights up in the night because obviously yeah. ghost hunters do it in the dark. <laughs> so uh, we've got uh, something called a REM pod, which is a radiating electromagnetic pod. And basically it's a round disc. It looks like a round disc type thing. It's kind of like a, probably about 10 centimetres tall and it has an antenna at the top and that is constantly radiating a field. So if someone someone goes near it or something, it will sound off. So that's – and sometimes people put those in hallways where people have heard footsteps. So if something is spectrally moving down the hallway – Oh, we've got them up here. Sorry to cut you off there. Right. Yeah, there, these yeah. little things here. Right. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay. So And they light up as well. So the closer the, um, the to the actual antenna it is, the, the, loud, the, the higher the pitch – and the more colours around the lights at the base of it actually sound off. Okay, so and and then with that one, what mm-hmm. what are the, what are some general ways that uh, it would go off that can debunk its use? Um, so, uh, so you mean in the words like it, when it's um, what way ways we use it? Are you saying? Or, um, so, or? so so is it so it's radiation? Is mm-hmm. it? It's, I guess radiating a field. So Just, so could wind field. trigger it? Um, 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 you know when you um, switch your car alarm on and off. Oh yeah, radio waves. We'll switch it and two ways as well. So two way mm. radios. A lot of investigators use them to keep in contact at night. That could set it off as well. Oh. Would it, would it mm. go off with like in like Chernobyl? Is that like that kind of? Well, I've been to Chernobyl. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh. And I investigated the hospital. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that was also part of one of the docos as well. So we t- we were testing whether or not this equipment will work, or if there's an entity or spirits in a place that's had such high radiation. So did it? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just, what, so did, did it detect all, all the radiation that was still there or was it no, just... No, no, because it, it has to be, if that's the case, I'll be out the door because right. these things are, yeah. are not very sensitive. Well, you know, you literally have to practically sit on it for it to work. So it wouldn't like if someone with cancer like held it, it'd be yeah. like... No, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they're very, they're not very sensitive at all. So, yeah. Okay, so we've got, we've got that. Mm-hmm. Then then give, give us another item. Um, a lot of people, as I said, I mentioned for the for the um, the two items. One was a, a voice recorder. Again, mm-hmm. that's really a lot of people use that. You know, very good. It's not just for um, uh, recording, you know, questions and hearing back if they're spirit voices. It's also a great way to verify what happened and where people were at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, that also falls on video cameras. We've got night vision video cameras. A lot of people do that to just literally record where everybody was. So if, if there's a loud bang and you can see everybody and it was coming from the ceiling, then we go, okay, well that could be something. You've got something there possibly yeah okay because yeah. these 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 kind of things the voice recorder and the video camera these seem more bulletproof yeah. like you can't really yeah. fake that yeah uh, the, the, a skeptic's question then 
why have we, in the whole history of the world, mm -hmm. why is there no clear-cut photo of a real ghost? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love this question. Um, I think because it's, it's spontaneous phenomena. When people experience it, they weren't expecting it. Okay. And I think that's a one thing a lot of people forget. They'll go, oh, you know, um, you know it's, if by the time you've seen an apparition, it's already gone. Right. So I think that from that perspective, I think it's unless you're super quick with your phone, good luck. I what about like we we live in a world that's like plagued by CCTV almost mm. now. So so why? Well, how come the, the, those ones who aren't out to film certain something, what, why wouldn't they catch it? Some people feel that if there's been footage of CCTV cameras, um, like I think this paranormal court on camera, I think is on a program, and they 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 have a lot of supposed footage of apparitions, you know, uh, turning up in gas stations and, and then disappearing and mists and all sorts of stuff going on. Right. I don't really know what's going on there. I don't think it, like a ghost would be walking through a petrol station, but hey, you know what? <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's normal life. And so... To to be honest, I don't know. Might just be know. going to the Seven Eleven, getting a packet of Auras exactly. or something. Yeah. Just have, you know, just yeah. munchies. <laughs> CCTV's really only ever checked when something happen happens as well, isn't it? Like yes. it's not often looked at until someone gets in a fight and they need to look at it. Yeah. No one. It's not often as someone just watching CCTV mm. all day. Security guards. Yeah, but they're out and about walking around normally just so they can catch someone straight away. Then they go back and refer to the cameras. Mm. So mm. they could, in theory, be. Hundreds of footage caught on CCTV. Yeah, that's never been seen. I went to um, Area 51 in Nevada. Oh, so did I. It's yeah, great. It's, yeah, so good. So good. I had, I've got two, two quick stories. One I've told on the podcast a lot, so sorry, listeners. Uh, this was quite a funny, spooky coincidence. Um, but me and my partner, we drove out to the gates one night. You know, it's like off the beaten track, yeah. isn't it? You go down like maybe 10 kilometers of road. Mm -hmm. And then, and you know, they have the big lights. That, oh, yeah. Shine. We, we, were, um, we were at the gates and we were taking photos there. And then, they all shut off and went pitch black and we were like fuck this is quite scary and they wouldn't turn back on so we ran to our car and then this is the first time this ever happened but I was playing and and like I've said on the pod this 100% happened but it's purely a coincidence but I was playing like one of my normal Spotify playlists on the car and when I got in the car we were driving away and my Fiona was like get out of here but it had turned to a song that I've never listened to on Spotify called We've Got to Get Out of This Place by like the, the animals or the doors or something so that was fucking freaky oh. but i mean like as a skeptic you can just go oh my playlist was over and it went onto a random song but a, a spooky one that i like and a good story another one um i stayed in a town called rachel which is the closest like habitable town to area 51 yep. it's like yes. got a, like 50 people that live there and uh, we was doing a documentary on on ufos and one of the guys there and they're all like louder than larger than life characters out there aren't they because I remember asking one of the guys there, do you believe in aliens? And he said, do you believe in dogs? It was like, to him, it was like as common as there are like dogs, which is like fair enough. That's their whole life. He showed me this footage that he had. He, he was out in the desert, obviously, but there was a no fly. So he, this could have been bollocks, but he told me there's a no fly zone, like a patch of sky where they can't fly over. That's what a no fly zone is. You're not allowed to fly over Area 51, are you? Yeah, right. And But they don't fly anything over there as well. There's like a specific yeah. part. So what he did is he set a motion detector camera up on that part 
of the sky that would only film if something went over there because it shouldn't be. Oh. And he had a, he had footage of like something like dotting across the sky that would go off and on. And I saw that with my own eyes and I don't know what the the legit sort of oh, kind of... Oh, I love it. I love, love, mm. love those kind of stories. Yeah. If you went out to Area 51, are you quite a big believer in alien life then? I believe, again, I know it sounds really generic, but I believe in the possibility. I think our universe is way too big for us to sit there and go, oh, it's just us. I mean, we're stuffed if that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just us, isn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. depressing, isn't it? Where's our neighbour? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I honestly think there's definitely the possibility of it, 100%. Mm. I always go through the kind of like boring answer that I think if there are aliens, they're not necessarily like us. They're like little amoebas and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah that, mean, that's still alien, isn't it? The likelihood of us being what we are is so low as it is. Mm. So the likelihood of another lot of this being somewhere else is obviously also fairly And low. we're the ones with Donald Trump. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> have you have you ever seen a ghost? I think I have. Tell I us more. I think I have. So it's it was a old pub called the Bush Rangers Hotel. I know you can't get any more Australian than that. <laughs> and, I guess which country that was in. Yeah, <laughs> you get a gold star. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and we were setting up actually um, at the time. We, uh, yeah, so we, we shut the front door, locked it. The owner had gone um, gone out, so that was great. So obviously, not very rare we have the place to ourselves. You know, people have talked about the fact there's been apparitions at this location and uh, we were setting up and I was sitting around almost like at the table that we've got here, like similar to similar size. And there was a couple of us around facing in a certain direction. And I saw, you know, how sometimes there's buildings where there's the bar and then they've got a, a a section cut out in the wall as and, and you can yeah. see through to the dining area. Yeah, where they so put like the food over. Yeah, that's like, exactly what, yeah. but it's got glass. So it's there just to see who's across into the other section. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why they have glass. It's a good idea. They probably shouldn't have. <laughs> so anyway, so it's all glassed up and I looked up and there was a guy with um, sandy coloured hair and a denim blue shirt walked past. And I went, hang on. Now we're paranormal investigators were all in black. Okay, there's no one's wearing blue. Yeah. And no one had that hair colour and they were quite tall. And I thought to myself, hang on a second. And I looked up and someone else had seen it at the same time. And he went, because my friend at the time, and he went, hang on, did you? I said, yeah. I said, well, the doors are locked. I went, oh, man, someone's gotten in because we're trying to get everyone out so we can, you know, it's a working pub. Yeah. So I went around the corner. And as I went around the corner, I realised that there were hard floors in that section. Also, when I went around, I thought, I have not heard footsteps. When I went around, it was gone. I thought, who is that? And then I thought to myself, hang on, if they were actually walking at the height that I'd seen them, they'd be half down into the floor. So they'd be like walking like through part of their calves or something. And so when the owner came back at the end of the night, I said, what, what's the history of the floor? He goes, oh, it's the new floor. The other one was about a foot down. So the apparition I may have possibly seen was walking on the original floor. Oh, right. And um, and I know I've got goosebumps even now. But yeah. That's, yeah I, I, but I was lucky that somebody else was also there because often when people witness these kinds of things, they, it's often on their own and someone goes, well, I didn't see it. But when someone said, yeah, I saw the same thing. And I thought, why would someone be old and wearing a blue shirt when we're all you know in our 30s freaking wearing black? And, and I didn't hear any footsteps. It's a hard floor. And I was kind of putting this together as I went around the corner and went, what just happened? <laughs> that's fucking so strange. Mm. And, and like, I like that you're a skeptic, but you're like, you saw that with your own eyes. Yeah. Like, there'd be no reason for you to lie about that or yeah. anything. Yeah. Is it frustrating when you you know you've seen that and you tell people and they just don't out, outright don't believe it? But I think that also helps when I deal with cases. When people come to me and so I've seen this, I've seen it with my own eyes. I can't deny they've not seen something. 
that's the thing. It's like, the, you know, they've seen something. I don't know what it is. Mm. So that's, I think, having experiences for myself, I understand how they feel when they're trying to explain, look, I know what I saw. And it's like, I believe you. I know you saw something. You just don't know what it is. Did you do any research after that? So like, let's say that's somebody who's come back from who was living before. Did you do any research or find anything out about that sandy haired colored man? Yeah. It, uh, when I spoke to the owner, that, that particular apparition's been seen quite a bit. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah, because normally I don't like to uh, know a lot about the haunted history of a place because I thought that that kind of gives you already got a bias. You walk in there expecting to see a dude, you know, with a blue shirt and sandy can't, mm. you know, and I don't want that because then if you see something similar, you're going to attribute it to that. So I, I try and go in with a blank canvas and just go, right, you know, let's let's do this. Let's see if there's anything here. And uh, yeah, it was. That's pretty spooky, <laughs> that. That's pretty spooky. You ever seen a ghost, Robbie? No. No? Ever seen anything you thought might have been a ghost? No. Stevie? I feel like I've seen loads of things where my eyes have gone, oh, what's that? But mm. like my brain instantly jumps into explain it mode. Like I'll be like, oh, that was weird. And then I'll go, yeah, but to be fair, I can see the light bouncing off the wall there. And then there's a bit of a shadow being caused by my lampshade swinging. Mm. Why is my lampshade swinging? There's no wind in it. Oh, I left the window open. Like, yeah. So like my brain always just corrects it instantly. And mm. I can't get around the idea of anything actually being there. Yeah. Would you like to be more open-minded to that or are you well, happy with I don't know like, I'm st- I still hate the thought of darkness yeah. like darkness really bothers me because mm. like if I don't like not being able to see things like if you live somewhere you know when like you live somewhere and you look out the window and you just cannot see anything you just see black my brain's always thinking someone's looking back at me yeah, I, and they I can that, see yeah. me and I hate that yeah. and especially when I've done all these urban legend researches and stuff my brain's always got these old stories in my head so I'll look out and I'll go there's definitely someone there yeah 100% yeah, my, so that, my, that always creeps me out. Yeah, I look out onto like a bit of a woodland thing, and at night time, like because we have like munch jacks in there and stuff, like, and they bark and yelp and stuff like that. And sometimes, like, it it does. I can see why people who believe in ghosts like fully believe in them and stuff because I, I let my mind get carried away of me sometimes as well. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I'm scared of darkness for the thought of something not being there, though. Like the thought of a ghost or something. I'm more scared of like nutters. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm thinking there's going to be someone in a bush out there. Like the guy outside your house the other day was smashing the lamppost. Yeah. I walked outside <laughs> my house and Jack was picking me up to go and play football. And as soon as I walked out of the house, I genuinely saw a man across the road just levering a lamppost, like punching it as stop. hard as he could. Yeah. And then he got and then he stopped and just walked off like it was the most normal thing in the world. Not a single oh. noise either. <laughs> yeah. it was... you, it's the living you got to worry about. <laughs> 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 so we've discussed ghosts there. What What's the difference between a ghost and a poltergeist? Ooh, okay, so go- ghosts are considered um, uh, from a, someone who's passed over. Um, they're often uh, seen, maybe heard, that's it. Poltergeist is movement. So it's movement of objects. Um, and there's also theories as to maybe not being a ghost and actually being um, energy coming from the person, PK energy, psychokinetic energy. So, you know, sometimes there's the, you know, if you go to the old 70s videos in, um, on YouTube and there's people who you know, closing their eyes and concentrating and the, they have an object in the, in the glass box and the objects, the paper starts to crumple. Little things like that. And it may not be like, oh, I've got special powers. Then there's, you know, research to suggest that we can affect objects outside of our body. And there's, and yeah, that's often a reason why they think there's also poltergeist activity. I heard that ghosts good, poltergeist bad. Is that incorrect? I, th- I say both are good, but that's because I'm weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you get both, it's amazing. Um, yes and no. I think I think poltergeists are more confronting because it's it's spontaneous objects moving. Like you could be sitting there and something flies across the room. Mm. Like I think that to me would instill more fear. 
Um, but then there's some people say, I prefer that than having to see Aunt Maud walking down the road and, and freaking me out sort of stuff. So it depends on the person, I think. Have you had any of those experiences mm. with like moving objects? <laughs> or? Um, I've heard objects move. Um, I'm not sure if it was poltergeist at the time, but I've heard um, footsteps and I've heard a trolley um, in a place that there was only three three of us at the time, and you can hear it clearly. Someone's pushing a trolley down the hallway, and there was no trolley, no actually. trolley, no people, no nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it no, was the same three car park. <laughs> <laughs> it was one o'clock in the morning. I was hungry. <laughs> yeah, is there a image or a certain case that we could Google now that you think is the closest to like? Is there a photo out there on the internet where you're like, you, I, you can't explain that. Oh, honestly, no, not no, the moment. Not. Yeah, a lot of people when it comes to poltergeist cases go to, literally to one of the most famous, which is the Enfield poltergeist. Okay, I recognise the name. Yeah. Was there a film or something yes, about there it? Was. Yeah, yeah. What 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 is what is this about? It's probably one of the most well documented cases with regards to the paranormal, and it was a surrounding three. It's a sounding a family. Oh, I've seen the yeah. film. I've seen it's a TV show. It's not a film. Oh, okay. I think it's a three-part. It was like oh, on BBC or okay. something. There's probably a film it's on it British, as well. Isn't it? Yeah. it was in England it's as well. In England, so we've got the images up here. Like, mm-hmm. so I'll make. The, it's scaring me. I don't know why. So. Yeah, she was being. It was uh, like a thrown uh, across the room. A so possessed she, house. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. It's a really interesting. And it was um, very well TV done. show. Yeah, they had witnesses there. Police were there. They would see uh, there was a witness on the street walking past the house and saw her levitating past the window. What? Yeah. So it's, that's what I mean. It's just an incredibly intriguing case. It's always scary people as well, isn't it? Mm. Like, mm. <laughs> I think uh, what I mean by that is like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because like Hollywood's depicted it as that, but like young girls with gaunt faces and dark yeah, black You never hair. see David Beckham just floating about, <laughs> do you? If I, I wish. What's <laughs> 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 wrong? <laughs> I, I think out of all of the paranormal things, ghosts, UFOs, um poltergeists and all of this stuff the thing that scares me personally although i don't consider myself to be a believer is just poltergeists and the, and the word of them is yeah. that is that common is that what most people's yeah, fears are absolutely it's 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 it can be intense enough to feel like you've got a presence in your home but when things start moving about and being thrown about or there was one case the battersea poltergeist case as well there were two actually in battersea and in one of the cases a woman was doing the dishes um, turns around uh, to a kitchen dining table and all the chairs are stacked neatly on top of the... No way. And she's, she was there the whole time, but I had her back to it. How does that happen? No way. In your own home and, you're, and you know, like things like that. So it's incredible. It's, yeah. And I'm, that's why I think that's that intimidation where objects move. It's, it's out of your control. And it's frightful. Yeah, it's like if you went home and you all your cupboards were open, yeah. you would be a bit like, oh, that's not nice. If, yeah. if, if uh, Especially after this chat now, if anything's moved in my house when I get home, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Sorry, I'm laughing. I sound evil. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, good. <laughs> what is this? Oh, Fee's got the bit. What is this? The Battersea one? Bat- the Battersea Pottergeist? Yes, oh, what, and, and, and there's drawings on the wall? Uh, yes. So the, the, he would actually, um, the Poltergeist would actually send letters as well. So he'd actually send letters to her. People uh, didn't know uh, who it was coming from, why. Um, it was recently analysed because it was... Um, st- um, What's her name? Shirley Hitchings was the girl that was dealing with all this um, growing up. And she she was sitting there at work and she was working in a place where they dealt with um, dressmaking. And shear scissors would fly across the room and she lost her job because they thought she was throwing stuff around. But it was, yeah, so <laughs> incredible stuff. Um, but yeah, it would actually write letters apparently to her. Um, as well. I know, there's so many question marks. So you think postage stamp marks, <laughs> was there anal- analysing of handwriting, all the stuff that you think, well, hang on, what can explain this? So. Oh, wow. 
This is your invitation to plug into a lineup of Lexus electrified vehicles built at the intersection of performance and design with a range of options to fit any lifestyle. A feeling this electric is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the elevation of electrification and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Inventory may vary by dealer. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Do you mm. believe in possessions then? Because I know with the Enfield haunting, the yes. girl actually got possessed yeah. apparently and like was speaking yes. through this previous um owner who died or whatever yeah. it was i can't remember exactly but yeah. do you believe that that can happen like someone can mm. truly channel a demon or a poltergeist or i've i think i've witnessed somebody who was taken over by something at one point oh my god yes so we were in a we were in a tuberculosis hospital at the time obviously not like working functioning yeah and um is run down and uh that's they, a very scary place to be i reckon it, an old oh, hosp- tuberculosis uh, mental hospital. hospitals are my favorite but i know it sounds really <laughs> awful <laughs> sounds really awful because it's so intense it's such a different type of environment to try and to it's, it's a challenge you know mm. what i mean because it's all the moral sort of side of it but also at the same time if if uh, an energy had passed like a person has passed over and they had very strong mental health issues how do you try and then communicate with that so, yeah oh, it's fascinating stuff. and tuberculosis just before we go yes. into that story that's yeah. that was like an illness that was prevalent back in the day yes. wasn't it not a mental condition but no, a physical no. illness yeah. i think my nan my granddad's mum and or dad died of that as well that like spread through his family quite a lot so that was quite i don't know your bcg jabs for stop tuberculosis oh oh, oh so it's still a so it exists but you get a a vaccine for it it now oh okay all right well please continue that's all right no that's fine and uh we were in particular area and um it was being filmed i was uh there at the time but i saw him just as he was coming out um and literally coming out as in being more himself and you're sitting in the hallway and firstly there was tapping on his shoe and the camera's there. There's no one. It's all night vision, so you can see exactly what's going on. And this has been like a live feed to where we were sitting. And I'm thinking, what's going on? And he's looking, going, "What? Someone's tapping on my shoe." It's like tap, 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 tap. And then he looks up, and then the chair gets pulled out from under him, and then he gets up and he runs, and he's screaming and he runs. But it's not from a place of fear. He lost. He was gone. He he'd lost wherever he was. He he'd gone somewhere else. Um, it took three guys that played rugby to try and slow him down, but he was running in the dark and knew exactly where he was going. And so they were trying to find him, found him, crashed him to the ground. He's like, like literally just completely overwhelmed um, by what it was, I don't know. Uh, they dragged him back out. As soon as he got out, he looked up at me, threw up, which is actually a common thing when people come out of something that's intense energy. Like they say, of medium say, that's an energy transference. It's too quick for you to to sort of gradually go out. It's almost like, you know, uh, snorkelists, you know, like you've got to kind of gradually come back out yeah. to the surface. It's a bit like that, too quick, and it makes people sick. 
So he looked at me and I vomited and was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> is it my hair? Like, <laughs> yeah. be, I'm just thinking this is a new excuse when I come home from the pub. No, I wasn't drunk. I was <laughs> <laughs> the devil made me yeah, do it. the devil made me chunder. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, and then he came to and he's like, because what happened? Oh, my God, what happened? He's like, whatever happened completely wiped him. It's the only time it's ever happened. That is mad. Yeah. And is that the kind of person that exorcisms are for? Is that who they... Who, who who is the person who who is the, are the subjects of exorcisms? Basically? Yeah, it's well, that's a good question because he's not a strong believer in religion. So it's because I'd often think people who would be would be more fearful of being demonically possessed because it falls under that. But then does it stop at demons? What about negative entities? So some people might be actually more susceptible, not from a moral perspective or doing the wrong thing, but more just maybe the kind of people they are. I'm sorry if I missed it, but so so this guy that was like running around possessed, Mm -hmm. who who was he again? Um, He was part of our team. So he was an investigator. Oh, he was part of your team. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I must have misheard that. I thought thought it was someone you were there to like interview or something. No, no, no. It was someone in your team. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing is I knew I, I was working alongside this guy for a year and a half already. So I knew, because sometimes people will think, oh, you know, you're possessed. Oh, well, you know, maybe they, they have a, a strong mental illness of some sort where um, it's been undiagnosed. Yeah. But often very severe mental illnesses are diagnosed from a teenage to early 20s. If there's got to be a diagnosis, it's usually in that time. He was in his 50s. Never and and we talked. Obviously, we spoke to his his girlfriend afterwards. She's like, he's not coming out again. <laughs> wow. Have you spoke to him recently? Or not recently? He's lost touch over the years. Yeah. I wonder what if that's happened since. Sounds a bit like a hypnosis thing, doesn't yes. it? We we had a hypnotist on here actually who hypnotized me into forgetting my own name. Oh, I, yeah. That's a good point. Like that. Even though I don't think I believe in much of this paranormal stuff. That hypnotist actually slightly changed my opinion of all of this as well, right? Because before I saw it with my own eyes, I thought bollocks. This, I think bollocks, right? But but he, I've seen it happen now. Yeah, I've seen and and people online on uh, like our audience, and I I get it why they would think it. They're they're skeptical as well as are we. They, I, I saw Stevie get hypnotized, right? We were sat this close yeah. and he, he made Stevie forget his own name, which is, a, and, and, and I always say this when we relay this story, but Stevie doesn't like to be wrong, right? So he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have liked to have been seen to be silly in that moment. There is no way, I, I, I would bet my life, there was no way you would act that, right? I almost cried. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, I saw the, so saw the t- tears in your eyes. And the audience, our audience online, and again, I'm not calling them out because I appreciate why they think this. They don't believe it. They think we put yeah. it on. There's no way that was put on so who I was I? sat in the other room and I could see it going this I, can't I, I was stood up like what because first of all the, um, hip- he, he tried to make me forget the number seven and I didn't because mm. my brain because like when, when I was under I can kind of like I, I, I still had this capability in my brain to, if I wanted to to just go I'm not doing this yeah, yeah. but like I also felt heavy so yeah. I could just allow it to happen I wanted it to work but then he told me to forget the number seven and as soon as he said you're going to forget the number seven my brain was just going Seven, 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 seven. <laughs> yeah. And then when he said, "Can you count to ten? I went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I, but because my brain was repeating yeah. it. And then when he said, "You're going to forget your name," he never told me my name. He just went, "You're going to forget your name, your first name." He didn't say you're going to forget that you're called Stevie. Mm. So in my brain, and then that time I was like, "I'm not just going to repeat my brain num- like name in my head." And I did it. And then he was like, "What's your surname?" And I was like, "White." And he went, "What's your first name?" And I was like. But like I felt, oh. I felt it there. Like I knew I could get it, and that's what, like, that's what stressed me out, and like made me like go a bit teary because I was like, I felt like I can't get my own memory, oh. and yeah. I felt a bit tipsy, like yeah. a little bit drunk. Oh wow. yeah, and I did as well. That 
thing that you've just described with yeah, the person yeah. it sounds a bit like he's been taken over mentally yeah. by something yeah and like well, the guy who came on was a, a hypnotist called robert temple and i've seen some of the stuff he's posted on his socials of like what he gets people to do at live shows and yeah. it's been like the capability of what a human brain can do is Incredible. crazy yeah. so it's like has someone been possessed or has something triggered yes a moment for them to suddenly go a bit yeah. and then be fine afterwards yeah would hypnotists be helpful in your line of work at all or not um, I think when it comes to recalling something um, that happened to them from experiences, and I know they do that with um, people who felt they've had uh, visitations and, and third encounters and stuff with UFOs, mm. sorry, UFOs, um, ETs. So I think from that perspective, because our memory over time can change things, we may not remember something exactly the way it happened, when it happened, or there might be detail we forget. So I think from a hypnosis perspective, to go back into the repressed memory and actually you know, pull those details out. I think from that perspective, it would be a good thing to have. Oh, this is fascinating. I think I believe in poltergeist now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, My job is done. <laughs> was, was that moment not terrifying for you? Like, that's got to be a moment where you're going, okay, this is, this is real it shit. It was the one and only time I wanted to get out of a location as quickly as we wanted to go in it. Wow. Because it was like, if that's going to happen to one of our people we need to go out we need to reconvene and look at why this actually happened did you catch all of that on camera yeah can, is that where can we see that oh i've got to figure out where it is now because <laughs> it was an australian production um mm. i'll have to dig out the details yeah. uh, the company was called moonlark media in australia uh-huh. and they're the ones that actually did the filming for it so it depends on where they've got that place to what was that show called it was called um phasmophobia right it's a game called phasmophobia yeah. i played it it's terrifying I don't play it around me ever. <laughs> you go into houses and try yeah. and find catch ghosts and stuff. Really? It's terrifying, yeah. Cool. It made me scream a lot. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, maybe I do want to play it. Rob, Robbie asked you um, whether or not you believe in psychics, and you said you've, you're 50 50, you probably veer more on the skeptic yeah. side. Where do you sit on that same scale when it comes to poltergeists then? I think there's definitely more of a possibility, but it's, I don't think it's driven from spirit. I think it comes from the person. Right. I think the person, uh, their energetic makeup, mm-hmm. what they're doing, because um, a lot of the time when people uh, come to me with haunting, uh, in, in feeling like they have, their homes are haunted, one of the questions we often ask is, what's happening in your life? Is everything stressful? Because right. lack of sleep, stress, all that stuff can actually, uh, you know, really quite affect somebody. And, you know, like, you know, lack of sleep in crappy hotel rooms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it does. Over time, it will start to make you feel like you're losing your mind. I've been really tired, so tired before I got actual deja vu yeah. where, and it was absolutely horrible. And worst thing, where everything that happened, it felt like it had happened before. I knew, and if you nodded your head there, I would have known that you were going to do that. It was, I, just, I knew it was my brain messing around. I was just exhausted, but I just like, I have to go to sleep. I, this is unbearable. Yeah. I just... They don't bed work up and I was all right. See, that's there's like a medical, like scientific yeah. reason behind that deja vu, yeah. But back in the day, we could have probably, we may have just put that down to like paranormal demons, possession, and stuff yes. like that. And that's what the film explores as well, isn't yeah. it? Pray for the devil. Yes. Like that, it was, it was so, so it, it was seizures, wasn't it? Back, yes. back then, that back then, yeah, definitely seizures was a huge thing. Um, there's uh, vocal imitations um, as well, and so the guttural growl, facial con- contortion as well. 
um, people saying levitation as, as superhuman strength. So and all those those characteristics, which is what's great about this movie, is the fact that it represents a really good array of all that different type of stuff. Right. And also the knowledge of, like, of people's lives that the person's never met before. You know, mm. That's also, you know, was, is considered a, an aspect of someone being demonically possessed as well. Have, have you ever witnessed an ex- exorcism? Oh, you couldn't do one. Have you ever seen one? No. No. I've only, what I've seen has been on, on videos and uh, YouTube and... and um, what happens in an exorcism? What do they do? They, so it's, um, so obviously they, they now, because the... The Roman ritual was written in 1614, and in 1999 they they changed it to include a lot more about taking out the stuff which we now know as mental health issues. Mm. There's a more of a strict process again because the church have their own psychologists that actually because when a case they think might actually be a, a real demo, demonic possession, they will then actually get these psychologists to go in and actually also assess these people as well. Then once they think yeah this is a legit case, then they'll start the process, and that is they use the Roman ritual. The modified one, and it's actually a handbook. It's a guidebook. It's not actually like a, um, you know, you must do it this way, this way, this way, because every situation is different. Mm. And um, and they will go through. They will read through that. There's certain prayers at certain times, but they can modify if they need to. Um, obviously, holy water's there. There's usually, I think, three people. There's the priest, the priest's uh, second person. And I think generally there's a person, there's a medical person there as well, just in case things actually start to get out of control for the person. Right. Individual from a physical perspective, yeah. Um, and yeah, and they all got read rights and and you know cast it out, and it's to cast it out and bind it away from that person. So that's why I'd be considered a, a risk because if once they've gotten it out, it would go to somebody who doesn't believe. And right. they say you know the devil's biggest um, argument is the the belief that he doesn't exist. So they think that I would be a high risk, and so yeah, but that's and that was they'll be done multiple times until uh, over time that that person is okay, or maybe one time. It depends how bad it is. Well, shit, because that's me then. Um, I'm, I don't Just don't believe- go to any exorcisms then. No, but I don't believe. So if there's any, like, Beth said there that like the demon will come out, like, well, where, where would it go then if it doesn't go? It goes to the next vulnerable person. So Stevie if- then. <laughs> so, so how's it trapped? How is it yeah. not allowed to go to a person? So they bind it away. And that's the thing is, it's, it, you know, sometimes you'll see movies like, oh, I cast thee out. It's like, yeah, no, you got to bind it, man. <laughs> it's going to be flying everywhere. Fucking so they, idiot. Yeah. That's, yeah. Give so, that bloody yeah. demon out. <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> bloody. <laughs> you know, like kids, you, you're not, you, you're not going to watch TV until you've bound, bound that demon to something. So we, we've, we've obviously only ever seen exorcisms in movies and things like that. You said you've seen some in other other video footage have you ever seen some like real exorcisms where you've gone okay that is next level not as yet not okay, as so yet. you're still looking at and thinking, okay, that's yeah, and that's because it's hard because I'm not there and I'm seeing a video and I don't have any of the background on it. Yeah, that's the worst thing about it. So that from that perspective, I can't draw conclusions. It must be a really challenging thing now with the mental health side of things because mm. back in the day, they'd drill into your head if you had a headache. Oh, yeah. like but now it's like there's a yeah. lot more going on. Oh mm. yeah, and there's all different. I mean, schizophrenia is a, a, the closest you would think that would be a, an explanation for someone who may feel like they are being demonically possessed. But like I said, most of the time that's diagnosed very early these days, mm. and there's treatment. There's issues, aren't there, around, for example, people in in certain cultures using exorcisms to cure homosexuality or things about that. Is that widespread? It's in areas where it's difficult for people to get medical help. You'll find those things will still continue. I mean, there's only up until 2016, there was a case where um, someone here in the UK uh, had an an exorcism done and it was in a rural part of of the UK. So the name escapes me. Hmm. And that person passed away. This is 2016. What, during an exorcism? Yes. What, What? 
What because they, what they do is they, um, and I mean, obviously in parts of South America and all that sort of stuff as well, what they do is they, um, some people, depending on what line of faith they are, will actually, the more uncomfortable they make someone physically, the more they think that's going to get the demon to leave. Oh. So that person is put under, I mean, even in Buddhist faiths, they will, they'll put rub salt sticks in between your fingers. They'll uh, dog poop um, everywhere, like literally just ways to make it awful. They'll, they'll make you starve. They stick you in a, a bath of super cold water, like just to make it so uncomfortable physically that they think, well, the devil is not going to you know, want to be around to you know, suffer with this and it will oh. go. So how comfortable the human is in themselves is, is how the demon would feel. Yeah. So that's where it becomes, and then literally they think they're doing the right thing. They're, and that's the thing, is, is these people are trying to help. Mm. These people are trying to help that person and, and get them out of it. And sometimes, again, it just takes it too far. And that's why the, the church is very, very strict and on even remotely going down the path of an exorcism. It, it was actually in Enfield, by the looks of things. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Enfield. Yeah. Chances are that. Why, so that's where the other one oh, was. Oh, right, right. Just up the road. Mm. Yeah, tw- 26 year old died in his home, 22nd of August 2016. Yep. He was tied up using cable ties, rope, and handcuffs as they tried to cure him. Yep. Because they thought he had a devil inside. Yeah. Oh, it's dark, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Scary. Mm. What's your thoughts on sleep paralysis? Have you ever experienced it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's frightening as all get out. Yeah. And I, and, but again, it's often when people are stressed and their body can't shut down properly yeah. or wake up properly. So again, we ask, what, are you stressed? But it is horrible. It is so convincing and so real. I felt like I was being pushed down to the floor and, and I'm pushed into the bed and I had faces coming up and all. So it's because it's such an audible and visual frightening thing to go through. Yeah. But it's all your brain going, oh, have you been in trouble trying to shut down here? <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Do you feel like you're more susceptible, someone in your line of work is more susceptible to sleep paralysis because of all the other stuff that goes on? I don't think so. I think it's more to do with uh, people getting enough sleep and not being stressed and being able to get to sleep, I think. We, we, we've actually had a sleep paralysis expert on this podcast mm. and one of my favourite episodes I've ever um, recorded a guy called Apart Balan this one yeah. <laughs> I'm actually really enjoying yeah, it yeah, yeah I could um, speak for hours I don't know what you've got on later but we're going to be here until about 9pm um, but yeah we had a sleep paralysis expert a guy called Balan Jalal and he came on and he said that you're also more susceptible to it when you think about it more because you're okay. you're opening yourself to the idea of yeah. sleep paralysis but I've still never experienced it I know you have yeah, yeah. and it's exactly how Beth described yeah. it literally I, I experienced, experienced it twice in my in my kind of like late teens and uh, when I googled it uh, because I didn't know what it was at first and when I googled it all the kind of um, causes of it I could tick every box it was like had alcohol um, like teenagers as well I think get it lack of sleep stress and I think I was doing like college work at the time and I had it and then I was really worried that after speaking to Dr. Jalal about it because it's at the forefront of my mind he said it can bring it on and a a week later I had it again Uh, yeah and I've never had it since but I was what did you have for yours what was the it was um it was a at my door, I, I was like laid on 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 my back, and to be honest, weirdly, I can't even remember if I was laid on my back, but that's how I saw it. I must have been, and I looked at my bedroom door; it was wide open. Now I have OCD anyway, Robbie, yeah. so I, I wouldn't, I can't go to sleep if it's closed. I wouldn't be able to go to sleep if my curtain was a little bit open like that. I have to get out of bed and sort that out, right? I remember looking, seeing it wide open, going, fuck, that's weird. Why is that wide open? And then I saw like a black um, silhouette of a person with very stereotypical Hollywood horror like hair in front of it like that. that. And then it just came at me like real quick. And then I woke and that was... Intense. Yours is better than mine. I, <laughs> I had a weird thing that wasn't. I don't think it was that. But I went when I worked to 
Sky I used to do really long hours sort of thing. We'd quite often we'd do the show I was working on a Saturday morning and then I'd quite often I'd come and have a nap. And I wonder how about that? And it was sometimes some of the best sleeps I've ever had. You'd feel like you're in a coma or something. And I remember waking up one time after this amazing sleep and my brain woke up, my body didn't. Yeah. And I was just I was just there and I was and it was it wasn't particularly scary. It was a bit weird. I was like, okay, fine. It didn't last for very long, maybe like about thirty seconds, and then I could start moving my arms up. I had no control over my body. I was just like awake in the head yeah so that, that's kind of what he described he yeah. said it is essentially that where your body's your brain's not fully shut off yeah. but then the thing of seeing the images i think the way he described it was that the more you hear other stories of it so you might not have heard of many no, people no, have never heard of it exactly so you didn't see a thing but then we've all heard these horror stories so as your brain shutting down your brain suddenly thinking of those horror stories as your body's asleep oh, and then you see you, these creatures you're gonna, if it happens again i'm gonna get creatures yeah, there is yeah. a chance yeah. now that yeah. you would <laughs> sorry oh, so it was quite nice before <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> now, isn't it weird? Like we said, um, hypnosis, didn't believe in it, saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. Now I believe in it 100%. Sleep paralysis, didn't know what it was back in the day. If Beth would have came on now and re- retold her stories of it, I'd have gone, you're a bit crazy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but I've, ha- I've had it, so therefore I can't rubbish it. Yeah. All of this stuff on here, mm-hmm. I'm still very much in the camp of don't believe in it, doesn't exist. But everything else I thought like that, has proven me wrong. So who are we really just to cancel it out? The same as how I am with religion now. I used to I used to wear like my atheism badge, like a pride of like, oh, I know more than you do. I don't fucking know. Like I used to say that religious people were mentally ill and stuff. Like how ignorant is that? Like I don't have any proof. I don't have, my that, guess is their, my best guess is their best that, guess. That pushes you more into agnostic then, doesn't oh, it? Well, that, I think, I, be, I, I think every everyone is agnostic because yeah. you i a, a religious person cannot prove to me the existence of god as much as i can't disprove the the yeah. existence of god but but like ricky gervais always says so i don't just want to be a mouthpiece for him but the burden of proof isn't on me is it no i'm not going around saying it's there i've got to say that with this side of it kind of coming into this episode i think the fact that you're so you're kind of on the side of the scepticism helps so much mm. with the explanation of it because there was a bit of me thinking you might come in here and go, oh, God is my witness, yeah. ghosts are real, this is 100%. <laughs> and, and I was thinking, oh, this is going to be a real struggle. But you're so you're so well-spoken with it and the fact that you understand both sides of it really helps portray that out and I think the listeners will appreciate yeah. that yeah, as I well. Do, yeah. to, to be totally honest, we were at lunchtime and we were talking about this and we said, if she's mental, we can't put the episode out. <laughs> 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 Yeah, we did. <laughs> so not meant, yeah, we so were, the episode's we, not going out. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, we were going, hopefully she's researched us on this stuff. Yeah. Which she's, it's turned out to be the case, but we were saying, if she meant it, we just yeah. can't do it. And even though your, your kind of cause isn't to come here today and convince us, mm-hmm. you've done more for kind of your line of work and that kind of stuff than anyone who would come in here and try and convince us. Because yeah. we would just shut off and yeah. go, it's, it's insane. Yeah. But like your kind of experience with ghosts and that are far more real than I'd consider yeah. someone who's trying to come in here with it because you're going it could be a load of bollocks That's but exactly I saw right. yeah, yeah. So. are you London based now? Um, no I'm based in Kent I, I was thinking, well oh, Kent's not bad That's right. mm. at some point we, we should definitely do a video where we go and do one of these tours oh, or something to. oh we would love to we would love I to. I think we have to. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep, yeah. Yep. 
We're there whenever you want us, Beth. <laughs> <laughs> now, the l- last couple of things I want to speak about before we let you go. Um, Ouija boards. Yes. What what are what are they? Because growing up, my mum was quite liberal. She didn't tell me not to drink or do drugs, but she told me not to fucking mess with a Ouija board. <laughs> That's what you were saying. It's really strange. Like, I don't know if it's just because we're both from the same area of Norwich. That was something I was told as a kid. <laughs> don't do Ouija. I was like, I didn't have plans to. Why am I being warned off this random demonic <laughs> yeah. board Crack, of the alphabet? Fine. Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I said, we're from Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mum was from Watford and I got told the same thing. <laughs> she was a sceptic. So I, I actually love them. I've used them more times than I've got hands and toes. Um, no, I haven't opened doorways. Nothing's flown off. Nothing's uh, Half the time it's gibberish. Um, I'm still open to it, you know, again. I just think they're fun. But of course, they have such a reputation. There are paranormal teams out there that actually are anti-Ouija board because they think that a lot of the cases they take in are because people had fun, had a few drinks and used one and then opened up a portal. Now they've got all this stuff happening in their home and these teams having to go in and close everything down. But those teams tend to be more spiritually um, angled because there's teams that are very tech orientated. There's teams that are very mediumship orientated. Some are very into the history of, of cases and locations. So they kind of fall under the spiritual one. But I think Ouija's are great. Yeah, why are they called Ouija's? Because it's now one of the theories it's we as yes and ya. So yes, yes. Oh, okay. So that's what I've been told. So Right. Yeah. We we've asked you to kind of debunk kind of other um, bits of tech, like the wind might or the opening your car keys might yeah. set off the other thing. Yeah. What what are some ways you could easily debunk a Ouija board? There's something called the ideomotor effect. And what it is, it's involuntary movement. So um you may not actually be uh, consciously knowing that you're doing it, it's, it's subconsciously, and it could be very minute movement in your fingers or in moving of your finger. Um, uh, that's why a lot of people, when they put one finger on it, it doesn't move. If there's two, it might, and it's just slight movement. And it's a thing that's a lot of skeptics actually use that as an explanation for it. Yeah, that's a bit again going back to the hip- hypnotism when Robert got us to put our hands on our legs and then he he told us just by repeating words like stuck and like tight and stuff like that I felt like I couldn't really get my hand off but I kind of also knew I could get my hand off if that makes sense but it was like that weird I yeah. wonder if that's a bit similar like yeah. I don't want to push this cup yeah. or, but I am pushing it it's interesting that he's used that subconsciously to stop that happening and I think that you're right probably kind of almost kind of grey area falling into what that uh, particular thing is right have, have you had any experiences with Ouija boards that have unexplainable to you? Um, I did an experiment in said TB hospital because we went there a couple of times. Loved it. Um, <laughs> it's not there anymore. And uh, I actually walked down this great big dark hallway and had my obviously had my flashlight with me. There was a group at the other end with um, a Ouija board and I would ask questions. They couldn't hear me and then see if any answers came out. And firstly, it started to swear at me. <laughs> So, oh, delightful. We've got a nice one here. So apparently it said F-U-C-K-O-F-F. And then it kept doing it again and again and again. I'm like, what? What's wrong? This says heathen. <laughs> and I think, oh, you're putting, putting down pagans now. That's not good. <laughs> so, and, so, and just, and literally, it was, but it was constant. It was short, sharp movements like that. Kind of like, you know, like quick movements, but very short. And they were just going quickly to each letter. And it's interesting where there's times when I've used a Ouija board before and it's just nothing or it's really slow. And so it's interesting when people say the energy changes on the board where it's something that's got quite a lot of strength behind it. So I mean, that was interesting. Who were you doing that with? At that, at that the point? same group of people that with the, the guy that kind of ran down and got, ah, you know. Before or after he did that? Uh, that was um, after. 
Oh, you did that, and then you carried on doing. Oh no! Oh no! No, it was before. Like I'm, oh. I'm talking about, like uh, about five years before. Oh you right, that, I you meant then, same oh, right. night. Oh, no, like no, you calmed no. him down no, and went right. Let's yeah. now get a devil to come. Let's throw Satan into the mix. <laughs> did, did you say the Ouija boards are normally done in the dark as well, just with um, just with just or? a couple of torches? Yeah, but I like for me prefer to be in in the in the light. I mean. I just want to ask the stupidest question of the pod, probably. Oh. You mentioned... The, wow, that is a, a very hard <laughs> You wait, you wait. You, you mentioned that like you got your voice recorder and the notebook. Mm-hmm. You've said 90% of what you're doing is in the dark. Mm-hmm. How are you using a notebook? Um, you make notes at the end of the vigil. You've got to remember done. it all. Yeah, or your voice recorder, like with you. So make mm. notes with your voice recorder. Go, this has just happened, blah, blah, blah. I need this. And then you just translate it afterwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. You said that the Ouija board was like most of the time speaks gibberish. Yes. What about if that's their language? Well, that's exactly right. If you're dealing with an entity, apparently, that was from 200 years ago, not everyone could read and write. Yeah. And well, sometimes, they're just and, Croatian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I've loved this episode. I've really enjoyed it. You're great, Beth. You really are. Thanks, guys. Feel free to come back on whenever you want because we've got a million questions and we could, like I said, we could have sat here for a a million hours. That's probably a bit far. (laughs) There we go. Um, So this film, it's out now, October the 28th, Pray for the Devil. You recommend everyone go see it, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) Grab me mates and just have it, you know, I love Halloween. It's my favourite time of the year. Totally best way to um, celebrate it, definitely. Love it. And where can people check out your stuff? Have you got things they can go and check out? And yeah, yeah, hit me up on my website and that'll have all my social media mixed on there as well. And that's at accessparanormal.com. Love it. There we go. This has been great. It's been so much fun. Happy Halloween, everyone. Get ready for our other Halloween special coming on the 31st. This has been Jackmate's Happy Hour podcast with me, Jackmate, Stevie White, Robbie Knox and Beth Darlington. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Jagmate's Happy Hour is a Stack Production.